0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of our campuses, Madera moms, Fresno moms, Clovis moms. Happy Mother's Day. You're doing an awesome job. I don't know if anybody told you, other than this morning, you're doing a great job. And guess what? You made it even to church today, and I believe that every child you brought had clothes on, maybe not shoes or hair brushed or teeth brushed, but they are here, and you are successful. You know, I'm I'm of the persuasion, you just celebrate every moment, right? Yeah, you get everybody out the door, I, I think that that's success right there. Hey, so glad that you're at church with us. Today, I believe that God's got something great for us and just so glad that you're here. You know, um, the last uh, few weeks we've been talking about something and I get the privilege this morning to uh, continue in our series. And I'm excited about that because I believe that God's going to share something with us that uh, is going to be a powerful thing. If you just open your heart to it, you know, my encouragement is. You're already here, right? I know some of you came because your mom, that was her one wish, is for you to come to church with her today. Uh, Maybe, you know, a husband is here with a wife that just said, please come to church with me on Mother's Day. And so, you know, you feel like, oh gosh, I got to sit through this. I promise you it won't be that bad. And you're already here. So, you know, open up your heart and see, why not? Why not see what God has for you uh, this morning You know, uh, the man that I sleep with the lead pastor of this church, and it's okay if I sleep with him because we have a license Um, too Um, he started a series a few weeks ago Um talking about going the distance meaning not quitting don't quit Whatever god has called you to do this life that you've committed to him He's empowered you to finish strong Don't pull back and don't quit the first week. Um I believe you can go on our, our new Celebration app and uh, listen to all these podcasts if, if you happen to miss it. But uh, the first week he talk about, talked about settling, how you can start off strong and then sometimes you just get to a place where you just settle for what it is. You stop the movement forward. Um, last week he talked about how one reason we quit is because we feel we lose our need for, for God. We feel like we got this. You know, we don't need to keep pursuing I know next week he's going to be finishing the series talking about how a lot of times our personal failures will cause us to quit or to pull back. But I'm here this morning just to declare there are no quitters here. No quitters here. No quitters in Madera. No quitters in Fresno. No quitters here in our Clovis campus. You know, the scripture we've been using for this series is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 38. And it says this. It says, the person who is righteous will live his life by trusting. It says, if he shrinks back, God says, I won't be pleased with him. However, we are not the kind who shrink back and are destroyed. On the contrary, we keep trusting and thus preserve our lives. Another translation says, the person who is right with me will live by trusting in me. We are not of those who pull back. We are of those who complete, who push forward, who finish, who accomplish and receive everything that God has has for our life. You know, I've been in in ministry a long time and I've talked to quite a few people. And a lot of times people will come and they'll share their story. And and I do realize that in life we all have opportunities in this life to want to quit and to want to give up a lot of times it seems like it's hard. A lot of times it seems like life can be difficult. A lot of times we think, you know, we see opposition and, and, and persecution and just pressure. The pressure always at us. You know, when you're in the front of a thing, you feel the pressure of a thing. And when we're pushing forward, pushing towards God's promise in our life, there'll be opposition and there'll be opportunities to quit and You know, so we'll experience crazy things in our life, maybe financial distress or marriage issues, or, or maybe our kids won't be acting the way that, you know, we think that they should act. And it just seems like so much hard work and it just seems so difficult. And in my communication with people, sometimes they'll be telling me their story and I'll listen to the story and it it is hard. It is challenging. It is difficult. What they're going through is legit. But my question to them and the times that I'm going through the pressures in my own life is. What am I going to do? I only have two options. I either continue to stand and fight, continue to have faith, to continue to keep trusting and obtain the promise that God says I can have, or you quit. This verse says here, if that we pull back and quit, it always leads to destruction. Yeah, it might be easy to slow down. Yeah, it might feel better to slow down, but we never obtain God's purpose and plan for our life. If we pull back and we quit. But the truth is, if we persevere and we stand strong, and we stand up tall and we push back, God says we receive the promise. In fact, Galatians chapter six, verse number nine, it says this, it says, don't allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. Let's not let ourselves get fatigued while doing good. He says this, at the right time, we will reap a harvest or receive a harvest, we'll receive a good crop if we don't give up or quit. So if I don't quit and quit and I don't give up, I'm going to receive the harvest. What happens if I do quit? I get nothing. Go ahead. Look to your neighbor. Say, if you quit, go ahead. Say it. All of our campuses, look to your neighbor. The person. your neighbor is the one sitting next to you. Okay. In case you're wondering, the one sitting next to you, look to them and say, if you quit. Yeah. Thank you. You get nothing. Yeah, you need to be reminded of that and you are not a quitter. Go ahead and tell them that too. You are not a quitter You know, sometimes we just need somebody to stand in front of us and say you are not a quitter You are not a quitter. I know you're tempted I know that it's hard, but you are not a quitter and I speak that over celebration this morning You are not a quitter. You are not a quitter. You are a fighter you will stand and you will see god's promise come to pass in your life the only thing that will keep you from obtaining god's purpose and plan for your life is if you quit not if somebody talks bad about you on facebook not if somebody is spreading lies about you not if you're fired from your job or or don't end up graduating with a 4.0 or 4.9 you know and get your valedictorian thing on your neck whatever i i only saw one i never wore one right? <laughs> That's not what qualifies you for the blessing of God. What qualifies you is your determination not to quit. If you don't quit, you will reap good. But have you ever started something and not finished it? (laughs) Yeah, we all have, right? You have closets full of books and magazines because you see some, a recipe in there that you're going to cook. Maybe you even go out and you buy all the supplies for it and it just sits and rots in your refrigerator because when are you ever going to use tarragon, right? It, like, what is that, <laughs> right? Or you have all the, you know, the paint and the, the little swatches and all that and you're you're going to. Build this masterpiece or do this thing and it just sits in your closet and nothing is ever done with it We're great starters a lot of times and it's a a whole nother thing To finish what we started, you know when I was a kid my dad Was walking through this furniture store and uh, my mom Happened to see these little tables that she wanted and she knew this perfect You know place and in the house that they were going to fit perfectly I think one was shaped like a flower and another one was like shaped like a butterfly. This was like in the 70s, okay? So <laughs> You're like, what, that is weird. All right, so there were these wood tables. Well, my dad tells her, oh, my dad was in construction. He says, Barb, I can build those for you for way cheaper. And it'll look much better. He had these great intentions. He had this vision. He was gonna make my mom happy. He was gonna make these beautiful tables that when people walked in, she could say my husband made that and it would make him feel so great. He had this vision of what was gonna happen. I tell you, he went out and bought the wood. He even cut the shapes out those shapes set in our garage for I think by the time I was getting married when I got married like 20 years later They were still sitting in our garage. Why because somewhere along the line, he lost his vision for it He lost it. It was no longer in front of his eyes. He was on to something else He was looking at something else his focus was on something else and it caused him to stop and pull back from where he was You know, we moved into this house one time and we decided we we're gonna move in and we need to remodel some things So we pulled out the magazines and the color swatches and we were, man, so excited about remodeling this house. And we put the flooring in, the tile in the kitchen and new carpet and we painted and everything was looking so good. But you know how when you paint, you have to take off the plug, you know, the the things that on the plug covers, right? Some of you don't do that, right? You probably have paint on yours at home because you didn't wanna go through the process of taking them off. Yeah, I can tell by the looks on your your, your face. Okay, so we take them off. We remodel the whole house. We get all the way to almost being done to putting those little plug covers on, and we settled. We stopped seeing the plug covers. We stopped seeing that you could get an electro you know be electrocuted if you plugged anything in because there was no cover on it. We never did put covers. On that, Why? Because we lost vision along the way and we settled and it was good enough because we stopped seeing it. We stopped going forward and we never, we just moved. We just took care of that. We just, we just, we just moved. One reason we settle or we give up is we lose sight of the goal. We lose sight of the promise. If we don't stay focused on the promise, you can pull back and you can quit. We don't keep the vision in front of us. You know, it's kind of like this. You go into Toys R Us and you buy your kid a bike, right? And you walking through and they're trying them out. And let me try this one. And they're riding all over the store, right? And you finally pick the one that they want. And you pull the little card out and you take it up to the cash register. and You say, this is the bike I want. You know, you pay your money. And then you go pull your car up and they bring out this little box. And you're like, hold on. I didn't buy a box. I bought a bike. They're like, the box is in, the bike is in the box. Okay, right? So you get it home, and I found out that there's four kinds of people. There's those that take the box out, and they open it up, they look inside, and they see all those parts. And they're like, forget this, we're buying him something different. And they put it back on, and they take it back, right? There's, my kid's getting. My kid is not getting a bike this year. Then there's another kind of person who, they dump out all the parts, and they look, and they're like, what is this book for? Right? And they throw it off to the side, and they say, I got this. This can't be so hard, and they start putting this bike together. And then they wonder then, why are there so many pieces left over? They must've given me extra, right? They, they, they had to have given me extra because I know what I'm doing, right? And then there's a third kind of person. They pour it out, they take the little instruction book and they're looking at it and they build, start building the bike until they get to a point where it starts looking actually like a bike. And then they take over from there because I got this. and It's already looking good. I certainly can finish it, right? And usually those people have a few parts There too, left too. But then there's very few of these kind of people who actually get this box home. Before they even dump everything out, they grab that little book. It says instructions on the front. And they read through the whole thing. And then step by step, they go through and they build this bike. And in the end, they have a perfect product that looks exactly like the manufacturer intended it to look. Now I'm going to ask you, which of these bikes would you put your kid on? No, let me, which of these would you put your grandkid on? Because your kid, you'd stick them on anyone. You don't care, (laughs) right? Yeah. Which one would you put your grandchild on? The one that was built per the instructions, because you know that that was a bike that was reliable. That one is built sturdy. That one is built strong. That one will perform exactly like the manufacturer intended it for it to function. You know, I think a lot of times we're like this, our life, God created our life. God manufactured. We came with an instructional manual. And a lot of times we think, God, we got this and we start doing life our own way. We start heading through life, doing our own thing. And we find ourselves broken. We find ourselves falling apart. We find ourselves with all these extra pieces we don't know what to do with, or we find ourselves partially built. And we find ourselves falling apart when we grab this manual, this instruction manual. We'd see that God has a plan for our life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10, it says, God has made us what we are. God has made us what we are. It says, in Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to live our life's doing. God designed you. God designed me. He created us. He put us together for a purpose, for his purpose. And this is the great thing. He didn't just put us on this earth and say, figure it out. He gave us an instruction manual. You know, this thing that you had to dust off before you came to church this morning, right? This is your instruction manual. You cannot properly do life and function in your God-given purpose if you don't read and apply The instruction, the word says in Psalms 119, verse number 73, it says, you made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. God, you created me. God, you made me. Now give me the sense to follow your instruction, to not make me not think that I got this. I I can do this on my own, but to apply every truth so I can look exactly how you want me to look. Psalms 119, 165. It says the people who love your instruction enjoy peace. Do you know what peace means? It means nothing missing. It means no thing broken in your life. It says the people who love your instruction enjoy peace and lots of it and there's no stumbling for them. God has created you. He's promised a beautiful life in front of you. He didn't leave you to figure it out. He gave you an instruction manual. Our thing is though in order to obtain the promise we got to keep The vision the purpose the plan in front of our eyes See God knew this He knows if we focus on our current situation You know the junk you're going through right now the stuff you wish was different the pile of Stuff that doesn't make any sense in front of you that you know, it should all look right, but it doesn't He knows that if you focus on your current situation and not God's plan, you'll be tempted to quit. If we focus on your current situation and not God's plan, you'll be tempted to quit. In Genesis chapter five, God shows up to Abram and he makes a promise to him. He says, Abram, I'm gonna make you a father. I'm gonna give you lots of children, but there was a problem, it looked impossible. Because Abram was old if you read tell you that Abram was old He was too old to have kids and he was married to a woman that was way too old to have kids It looked impossible. It was an impossible situation in the natural and God told him I want, I'm giving you this promise You're gonna have children. This is what it looks like. You're gonna have kids But God knew that if he continued to look at his current situation That he'd get discouraged and he'd back up and he'd quit on the promise So God takes him in Genesis 5 5. He took Abram outside And he said, I want you to look up at the sky, count the stars. He says, if you're able to count them. He also said, that's how many descendants you will have. He gave him something to focus on that would remind him of the promise that every time he went out and looked at the stars, he'd remember God's promise when he would look at his body and look at his wife's body and be tempted to go, this ain't going to happen. He looked at the stars, but God promised it. God said it would be true. God promised that it would be true. He said it would be mine. And I'm not going to quit or back up off of that. He stayed focused. And if you read, Abram is. I mean, he's considered the father of many nations. And it happened exactly how God said for him. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one, it says, since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must... Get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that distracts us. us. And we must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus, the source and the goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him, so he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought to him. Then he received the highest position in heaven, the one next to the throne of God. He says, when you're in your struggle and you're tempted to give up and you're running this race and it doesn't look all that great for you, think about Jesus who endured opposition from sinners so that you don't become tired and give up. Just like Abram was told to go out and to look at the stars because he didn't have this to focus on. God's telling us in our race, in our journey, in the purpose and the plan for our life, he says, there's going to be many opportunities for you to quit for one to slow down and to back up in order for you to finish. You got to look unto Jesus. You got to see how he did it. You got to persevere like he persevered. It's just think about Jesus who endured so that you don't give up, get rid of everything that slows you down. Stop looking at the wrong things and start looking at the right thing. Stop looking at what currently is going on and start looking at what God has promised you. Stop looking at the frustrated things. Stop looking at your broken body. Stop looking at your crazy kids, or your dysfunctional, weird, nutso husband or wife. Stop looking at all those things, your crazy money, and focus on the right thing. Focus on the promise of God, and you'll see the promise of God come into your life. You know, the Bible says to run like Jesus ran. You know, even Jesus himself, there was a temptation to back up and to quit. Yeah. It says in Matthew 26, Jesus was praying in the garden. He knew he was getting ready to die a horrific death. He knew he was getting ready to be beat. He knew he was getting ready for his beard to be plucked out. He knew he was getting ready to have have a a beating with, with glass on his back and a crown of thorns and spit on and betrayed. And he knew all of that was coming. He could look at his current circumstance and want to not go through with it. In fact, it says here in Matthew 26, 39, when Jesus was praying in the garden, it says he went a little farther and he fell on his face. And he said, My father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. What's he saying? This current situation, I don't enjoy it. I don't really like doing it. God, if there's any other way around it, please just let it pass. But he started, he refocused his vision, he refocused his attention. He says, not my will, God, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will. When Jesus focused on the current situation, he was tempted. He asked for the cup to pass, but his prayer readjusted his focus. Again, whatever you're going through today, I don't know what it looks like because we all experience life in different ways. But I do know this the Bible says many are the afflictions of those doing the right thing of the righteous Those who have relationship with God it says many are the afflictions. You're gonna have a lot of opposition come your way But he says be of good cheer because Jesus Christ overcame them all and so can you Don't give up readjust your focus You'll be tempted to quit if you look at your current situation and not at God's promise You know, the Bible tells a story in 2 Kings chapter 4. He tells a story of of a woman who lived in a city called Shunem. There was a prophet by the name of Elisha. And Elisha being a prophet, he simply was a spokesman for God. You know, back then in the Old Testament, they didn't have the word of God, like we have it today, to run with. So then God would speak to a man or a prophet and that prophet would declare the word of God or speak that word to the people. So the prophet of God who had the word of God would travel around and he found himself always in this certain city. And when he was in this certain city, the same couple would take him in and feed him. Every time he'd come to the city, come over and eat with us. And so he'd go and he'd eat with them. One day that couple said, hey, why don't we just build him a room? In our house, that way he has his own personal space. He doesn't have to like sleep on the couch every time. Let's give him his own personal space. So they built a room on their house that when they remodeled their house, they built a room for the prophet, the man of God, the word of God, Elisha. So the, he was so happy about that, so excited that he have a place that he can come and he can relax and, and in, you know, just be able to refresh himself. So he asked the couple in return, he says, hey man, you built this house for me and I'm so thankful for that. What can I do for you? They said, "Ah, oh, we, have, we have everything we need. We don't need anything then someone came to Elisha and said, you know what? They don't have a child. Well, God spoke through Elisha. He said, I, I want you to tell them that a child is, is coming. And 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 17. It says the, the woman became pregnant, just like God said. And they were loving it. They had a kid in their home. God's promise came true. So excited about that. Said the woman became pregnant and she had a son at the time next year, just like Elisha told her. He said, several years later, the boy went to his father who was with the harvest workers. Suddenly he said to his father, my head, my head. The father told his servant, carry him to his mother. The servant picked him up and brought him to his mother. And the boy sat on her lap until noon when he died. I mean, you think about that situation or even the situation you're in. It was a very sad, hopeless, despairing situation. It was a feeling of probably for her, it could have been a feeling of confusion. God, you gave this to me. Well, I don't understand this. What, what's happening here? This doesn't look like your promise. I mean, maybe you're in that place today, maybe not just like this, but maybe in your finances. God, you promised me better than this. Why am I still here? God, you promised my kids would look like this. Why are, why, are, why? am I still here? The situation you look at in your life is, is filled with question and could be filled with doubt and could be filled with disbelief or fear or, or confusion because it doesn't look like it should look according to God's promise. What was she gonna do? What are you gonna do in that broken place or that confused place that you're in? I know what she didn't do. She didn't settle for dead. She didn't settle for her current situation. She didn't just stop right there and go, sucks for me, no. She didn't settle or quit where she's at. Second Kings 4.21 says, she took him upstairs. Her dead little boy, she took him upstairs. That issue, she took it upstairs and she laid it on the bed of the man of God. She left the room and she shut the door. She picked up her dead promise and she carried it as close as she could to the presence of God and the word of God. She took it to the place where she knew that she could find her hope. The place that gave her her promise in the first place. She grabbed that dead thing and she took it upstairs and she laid it on the bed. She put it in the room and she shut the door. Then it says in verse number 22, it says she called her husband and she said, hey, can you send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys? In other words, can you gas up the car and give me the keys? Says I'm going to go quickly to the man of God, and I'm going to come back again. And her husband says, "Why are you going to him today? Like it ain't church day, right? It ain't Sunday. Why are you going today? Isn't it's not the new moon festival or a day of worship?" But she just said, "Bye." Like I'm going. Here I go. Said she saddled the donkey and she told her servant to lead on. Don't slow down unless I tell you. So she came to the man of God at Mount Carmel, and when he saw her coming at a distance. He told his servant Gehazi, he said, hey, there's the woman from Shunem. Go meet her. Ask her how she is, her husband and her boy. Ask them how they're doing. So he did. Everything's fine, she answered. Well, we read the story, right? We know it's not fine. We know she's got a dead baby up in 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 the bedroom. We know it's not fine. We know there has to be fear knocking at her door. We know it's not fine. We know that she has to be frustrated and confused and concerned. And her heart has to be beating really fast. And we know that there has to be some sort of desperation there. She's a human. She's a mom. She cares about her kid. We know it's not fine. But she was determined not to stay and focus on her situation. She was determined to get To the word of God and she was not going to be distracted if anyone to ask her if anyone was going to stop her and ask if everything Was okay She was going to say it's fine because she knew it was not going to help her situation to rehearse the situation It wasn't going to help for her to say yeah, my boy. He was having a hard day. He went outside. It was really hot He got dehydrated. Yeah, he came in and he was crying and he was sobbing He was holding his head and he was screaming in torment. It was not going to help. She was fighting for something It did not help her to have to explain the issue and talk about the issue because that would just reaffirm the issue in her life. Think about our lives. It doesn't help us to talk about our financial situation when we're believing God for prosperity. Well, how you doing? Well, let me tell you, I lost my job last week. Yeah, I was up for the promotion, but you know, they hired the other guy. I lost my job. Yeah, imagine that. Sucks, don't it? Yeah. Now... You know, my wife, I can't get her nails done anymore. Yeah, she's pretty mad about that. She stopped feeding me. She stopped doing all that. Yeah, in fact, yeah, she's really mad. In fact, she's going to leave and she's taking the kids. Yeah, I got nothing it sucks man. It sucks. It does no good to rehearse your situation over and over and over This woman was fighting for something She knew that she wasn't gonna find help in just repeating her story to another person to have them feel sorry for her She had to get life back into her child. And so she had to go where life was She was getting close to the word of God She had to stay focused and get to the word of the Lord Verse number 27, it says, when she came to the man of God, who represented the word of God, said she took a hold of his feet. Gehazi went to push her away, but the man of God said, hey, leave her alone. She's bitter. She has some, she's hurting here. The Lord's hidden the reason from me. He hasn't told me. The woman says, I didn't ask you for a son. Don't raise my hopes. The man of God told Gehazi, hey, go put on a belt. Take my staff in your hand and go. Whenever you meet anyone, don't stop and greet him. If he greets you, don't stop to answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. The boy's mother says, hold on a second. I swear, as I solemnly swear as the Lord and you live, I'm not gonna leave without you. So Elisha got up and followed her. I love this because it was only at the word of God that she poured out her soul. She didn't call her mom. She didn't call her best friend. She didn't post on Facebook to get people to come in agreement with her. She poured out her soul, her brokenness, her despair, her frustration, her broken heart, her fears. She poured it out at the word of God because she knew it was only the word of God that could bring life to her and actually help her. It's not about denying where you're at. It's about taking where you're at to the right place. It's not about saying, I'm not sick. It's about taking that physical issue to the Word of God to the right place. It's not about saying, Oh, my kids are right when they're all strung out on drugs. Oh, they're just fine. It's not about just denying what is. It's about taking what is to the right place. You're not denying where you're at by saying, I'm healed. You're not denying where you're at. You're taking where you're at to the right place. And that's what she knew. I have to take what I'm at to the right place. And she poured out her soul there. She knew she didn't need just good advice. She needed renewed vision. And she wasn't leaving without the word of the Lord. In verse number 32, it says, when Elisha had come into the house, The dead boy was laying on Elisha's bed says he went into the room. He closed the door and he prayed to the Lord says he laid on the boy. He put his mouth on the boy's mouth, his eyes on the boy's eyes, his hands on the boy's hands. He crouched over the boy's body and it became warm says Elisha got up and he walked across the room and he came back and he got back on the bed and crouched over him. Says the boy sneezed seven times, opened his eyes. Says Elisha called Gehazi and say, said, call the Shunem woman when she came to him. He said, here, take your son, not your dead son, your living son. And I love this because this is huge right here. The man of God here represents the word of God. So the word of God was put on that dead situation. It was when the word of God was put on that broken place that life came back into it again. It's when the word of God gets in your marriage that life comes back to your marriage It's when the word of God is in your children or laid on your children that brings life back into your children What does that mean? It means I have to get this instruction manual when it comes to my marriage if my marriage is dead I've got to get this instruction manual in my eyes and in my ears and coming out my mouth That's how I get it on my dead marriage I got to start doing what it says concerning my marriage With my kids instead of freaking out and stressing out over them I got to get the word of God laid out over them. How do I do that by not pulling back by not just letting it be by? Getting the word of God in my eyes and my ears and out my mouth covering them with the word and watching the word come to pass in their life You know I know all kinds of scriptures by heart when it comes to my kids not just because I'm good at memorizing the word Because I was desperate because my kids were being funky. My kids weren't looking like they were supposed, the word promised me that they would look. So I had to declare the word of God. I had to get the word of God on the situation. My marriage sometimes, I know I, you know, sleep with Jesus's brother, but, and he makes me think like I'm Holy Mother Mary, but that ain't true. I have my moments. Our marriage, Why is it good? Because, uh, you know, we just happen to be the perfect people for each other? No. It's because we get the word of God. Keep the vision of the word of God. Declare the word of God. Get the word of God when it seems the marriage is dead or it's dysfunctional or it's not going the way it should go. It's because we don't quit. Your marriage can be great if you don't quit. Your kids can be great if you don't quit. If you don't quit, you will Received the promise. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this in my life And those around me The word of God is the only thing that can bring life to your situation The word of God is the only thing that can bring life to your kids not a new school Not new medication It's the word of God The word of God is the only thing that can bring life into your marriage not just you know going to some kind of therapist or marriage counselor. Although that's great It's the word of God The word of God is what brings life to your body Not just getting on a new medication or hoping that they have a new surgery available for you one day. It's the word of God It's the word of God that brings life back to your money It's not just getting another loan trying to get a new job trying to you know, hopefully you'll win the lotto it's the Word of God. So many times I've seen the Word of God work in our life. I got to ask you: Are we going to quit? Or are we going to fight? Are you going to quit, or are you going to grab the Word and build? You going gr- to just settle for the parts laying on get the, the parts laying on the floor? Or are you going to grab the instruction manual and start putting pieces together? You know, not long ago, my we had a granddaughter born our fourth grandchild they are so the reward for not killing your kids those of you have teenagers stay strong one day they will marry and they will give you grandkids and they'll be all better but our fourth grandchild was born our second granddaughter she was born on february 23rd when she turned three weeks old she was admitted to valley children's hospital with a fever because she tested positive for the rsv virus which affects lungs caused very labored breathing caused her fingernails to turn blue because a lack of oxygen now as pastors and because this isn't our first rodeo where we've seen god you know move the enemy attack and god move and be victorious man we knew god is healer so immediately hey we declare healing over that baby's body and declared the word over her expected expected for her to you know go get checked out and sent home she's a miracle overnight oh yes That's what we believe. Since she was so young, she had a fever. They became very aggressive with her treatment and testing and rolled her up in a tiny ball doing spinal taps and blood tests and a whole series of them. They immediately started her on oxygen therapy like, like they do and they made a decision to put her in the pediatric ICU. Before they did that, before they moved her out of the emergency room into the ICU, her dad, Andrew, my son-in-law, I know some of you here in Clovis haven't seen him in a while, but Andrew and Riss, my daughter, they are the campus pastors over at our Fresno campus. We're excited about that. God's doing awesome things at our Fresno campus. But her dad, Andrew, set the tone. He said, I don't know what's ahead, but we trust God. We trust God. My daughter is healthy and my daughter is whole. Her name is Salem. And the name Salem means peace, complete, safe, perfect, whole, full, unharmed. He declared that's, we named her that, that's what she is. For a couple days, Salem would get better, Salem would get worse, and we just can walk through the faith journey. God, we stay focused on you, we stay focused on your truth. After being in the pediatric ICU for five days, her x rays started showing pneumonia in both of her lungs, her blood tests they took every four hours started showing not only the RSV virus, but uh, an Um, a flu virus as well as bacterial infection showed up in her lungs and in her blood. At that point, they came in and they said, we have to take her off this this oxygen mask and high flow mask and we're going to have to put her on a ventilator. We're going to put your daughter on a paralytic. We're going to paralyze her for four days. We're going to put her on this paralytic and we're going to put her on a machine that's going to breathe for her. So they put our three week old granddaughter on a paralytic and the machine breathed for her. The medication she was on caused her to retain fluid, so she went from a nine-pound baby to an 11-pound baby one day. What we thought would be a one-night check her out, send her home journey became a week of, became three-week journey. It was a journey filled with great opportunity to fear, to pull back, great opportunity to question God Great opportunity to quit. It became a fight to stay focused on the word and not what we saw. A baby laying there with tubes in every part of her body that was way too young to be laying there. It was a fight to stay focused on the word and not let the circumstance of what we saw determine the outcome, but let the word of God determine the outcome. But the moment Salem entered that ER, her dad and mom made some on purpose decisions. And I'm saying this because if God will do it for them and for us, God will do it for you They decided they were going to walk this journey staying focused on God's promise no matter what They increased their word intake. What does that mean? They got the word in their eyes. There was scripture everywhere I went by their house to pick up some clothes for The daughter that I was watching and they had scripture all over the refrigerator all over the bathroom wall They had journals that they would constantly writing the word in They increased the word intake scripture was everywhere. They made plans for the future Never did a doctor or nurse walk in that room to give their diagnosis or observation That my kids wouldn't walk over to that bed and say over her Salem. I know what the doctor is saying But we say what God says You are healed Salem you are whole your lungs function to full capacity Salem. No Infection can live in your body when our minds were tempted to focus on what we saw Because I don't know you probably have experienced this too in your life where you've been in Just maybe not like this but tormenting situations where it just seems like your world is falling apart And it shouldn't be like this and the overwhelming feelings man great opportunity for fear in the middle of the night wake up in a panic not even knowing why And then your mind starts racing. What do you do with that? Because if you go there, it's tormenting. You all know that. Maybe your marriage, you found out certain things were going on. It's just wake up tormented. Maybe financially, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just panicked because you feel like you're getting ready to lose everything that you've worked so hard for. What do you do with that? Plenty of times. Fear would knock on our door, but immediately refocus on the word of God. God, that is not me. Same with you, God. I am not poor. God, I am not broken. God, I am not lost. My marriage is not defeated. My marriage is not destroyed. I am not going to be forever addicted. God, I'm not going back to that way of life. God, I'm not losing out. God, I am not going under. God, my kids are going to serve you. I saw her dad walk out of a conversation one time. He said, I, I, can't, I can't be a part of this conversation. Not because he was being rude, not because th- he thought he was better than anybody else, but he was fighting for the life of his daughter. Some of you, sometime when people are trying to get into your business, they mean well. Talking about your financial system. Oh, I remember when I lost it. Listen, I need to remove myself from this situation. Not that I don't love you. I love you and I think you're great. God bless you but I'm fighting for something right now. Oh, when my husband did that, this is a girl, I'll tell you what I did. Listen, I need to remove myself from this situation because I'm fighting for something right now. Oh, when my kids were like that girl, you just better be prepared because when those kids turn teenagers, oh gosh, you you better. You know what the kids are doing these days? Listen, I need to remove myself from this situation. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude I don't think I'm better than you. I'm just fighting for the life of my child right now I've got to remove myself from this situation. I've got to keep my mind focused. I apologize I don't mean to be rude, but I'm working on something Came to a point Where they came in and you know as a mom It's another thing when you're when you're the mom you're concerned about your granddaughter, but you're also concerned about your kid. God, I know your word works for me, but are they gonna stand and fight with your word? Came to a point where they said, no matter what, God, we trust you. We know You're healer, but we also know you raised the dead. What were they saying? God, no matter what happens to this baby, we trust you. We put our hope and our trust in you no matter what. Salem was on that machine for four days in the hospital for three weeks on 24 different medications, all kinds of stuff going on. But I'm happy to say, thankful to say three full weeks later, three three weeks after she entered, she exited and that was a happy day right there. (laughs) Perfect in every way. This is a picture of her yesterday. Yeah, she's a fatty and she's happy and she's peaceful. Salem came out of that hospital, nothing missing, nothing broken with a testimony. That God is faithful. Can I tell you something? If you don't quit, you're going to come out of that broken place with a testimony. God is faithful. Come out of that addiction, helping other people because God is faithful. Coming out of that broken marriage because God is faithful. Coming out of a place where it looks like your kids are hopeless because God is faithful. So I don't know where you are in this place this morning, what you're dealing with. Don't quit Don't quit keep pushing forward. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes at all of our campuses Don't quit on what god has promised Don't let your current situation your current circumstance still your focus Grab the word and don't let go. This is god's promise in second chronicles sixteen nine. It says the lord's eyes scan the whole world to find those whose hearts Are committed to him to strengthen them so he's looking to show himself strong on your behalf if you don't quit God I thank you for this day God we today readjust our focus and put our hope and our trust in you God we refuse to quit we refuse to quit God if you've promised a strong God marriage we refuse to quit God, if you've promised kids that serve you and love you with all their hearts, God, that's what we believe and we refuse to quit. God, if you say our body is healthy and you paid the price for every sickness and disease, God, we refuse to quit. God, we refuse to quit financially. God, you've promised us that we would be lenders and not borrowers. We refuse to quit. God, though there may be opposition and struggle and challenge, In our life today we refuse to let our current situation determine the outcome your word is true and it will prevail we will reap if we don't faint or pull back god we trust you today god i speak god over every family every home represented you know their need god you know their struggle god you know the frustration you know the nights they wake up where the enemy's knocking at their door trying to instill fear and hopelessness God, I ask that you strengthen them. God, your word says that you show yourself strong to those who don't quit and you strengthen them. So God, I ask that you strengthen marriage, strengthen bodies, strengthen homes, strengthen relationships. God, I speak to every mom that you be their strength today. God, that you be their life today, the things that they're believing for. God, that you give them the desires of their heart. God, that you bring health and wholeness and soundness to every area of their life. God, we call you faithful and we call you good in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.